This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only, and it is not meant for substitution or replacement of professional medical or health advice. This podcast may contain explicit language, taboo topic, controversial ideas, and triggering points of view. So we invite you to respect what is being shared, even if you don't agree. If you resonate with anything is being shared in today's show, please feel free to apply it into your own life. If not, we invite you to let it go. Welcome to the Mastering Life, Relationship and Intimacy podcast with Lucia Gabriela, a sacred space which means it's free of judgment, where we come together to learn and explore how to awaken, unleash, and unlock our inner master self. These podcasts feature experts in topic of life, relationship, and intimacy. In life, we will explore topics on health, wellness, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and spirituality. In relationship, we'll explore topics on self-love, being single, dating, online dating, romantic partnership, marriage, uncoupling, divorce, parenting, polyamory, family and work relationship, and money. In intimacy, we'll explore topics on tantra, secret sexuality, eros, conscious adult entertainment, kink, and BDSM. I am your host, Lucia Gabriela, a relationship and intimacy coach, integrative somatic therapist, tantra facilitator, speaker, co-author, and founder at Nuna Holistic Retreat Center in Sarasota, Florida, where we offer integrated therapists for individuals and couples to awaken, reignite, and embrace their true power. To learn more about any of my transformational coaching and somatic experiences, immersion weekend, and couples retreat, go to www.luciagabriela.com. And today's episode is about Safe to Love Again, how to release the pain of past relationships and create the love you deserve with Dr. Gary Sawyer. Dr. Gary is a master transformational relationship coach who helps people rewrite the rules for love in their brains. This allows amazing shift to happen in a very short period of time so that people can have the extraordinary relationship they deserve. Dr. Gary is the creator of the Save to Love Again workshop and the Extraordinary Couples Retreat. He is the author of the forthcoming book, Save to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationship and Create the Love You Deserve. For more information, you can visit www.garysawyer.com. Welcome, Dr. Gary. I really appreciate you for being in the show today. Thank you, Lucia. Appreciate it. So I'm so excited about the conversation today about safe to love again, how to release the pain of past relationship and create the love you deserve. And before we go right into that conversation, I would like to learn a little bit more about you and why you, I know that you uh, have just written your book and it's going to be in the process of being uh, launched in February, I believe, 2019. And 
19. Yeah, next yes. year. <laughs> Why are you so excited about this conversation of today and what brought you, like, what brought you to do this topic? <clears throat> well, for me, you know, it started coming from a very dysfunctional family. And I can still remember saying, even as a kid, I am not going to be twice divorced and miserable like everybody else. Not going to happen. <clears throat> and uh, when I was 22, so I had a psych degree to make sure that didn't ever happen, right? And then they gave me a test my, my senior year, and the professor said, oh, uh, just by the way, you've got a lot of cool things going for you, but you have a 90% chance of getting divorced. And it floored me. It just floored me. So much so that I delayed graduation entire year to go and get another degree in marriage and family. <clears throat> so imagine what it was like having done all that to escape two, you know, two degrees and 12 years later, I'm getting a divorce. I do like almost 10 years of therapy, redo workshops, prepare myself ready. This will never happen again. And then I have a divorce after another four years. Wow. And, and, I looked at it and I, I had done my therapy. I had done degrees. And I said, and I just looked at myself and I said, nobody should have to work this hard to have lasting love and not have it. If therapy can't do it, then by God, I'll crack the code myself. <clears throat> so I dedicated my life to cracking the code because when people want love, I think there's a lot of good, sincere people that want love, but fortune and circumstance didn't allow it. We need to know how to have love and not have to take 80 years to find it. <laughs> you know, it should be more accessible. So that's what that's what my passion is. So people can really be safe to love again. Awesome. And I love the word, the key word here is safe. And, and I feel like many times, one of the things I, real, I have realized in my life myself and when working with individuals and couples is that Sometimes we don't have very clear uh, core values and beliefs and when it comes to creating relationship. And I love that you're talking about that you had a clear focus of like, I don't want to experience this and for ABC reason you still experience it, you've got your lessons and now because of all of that beautiful experiences that you had in your life and like they were mm -hmm. up and down, you wrote a book and now you're sharing with the world. and. It seems like sometimes we don't really pay attention and take the time to look for the keyword of our life. And safe to love again is, I feel like it's really important to feel safe and in our body, in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, to be able to love fully and be fully 100% there in that relationship. And not many people feel safe. Why do you feel or do you think in your experience that people don't feel safe to love again? Well, people don't feel safe to love again because, let's face it, there's a lot of negative experiences out there. It's become almost a badge of honor if you can ghost somebody. I mean, the amount of ghosting uh, that we get, simmering, I mean, people are getting broken up with all the time to at the two and three month period, it's no wonder with so many people pulling away. And then the next one, I can still remember a guy that was speaking, uh, I was speaking with in Sacramento, and tall, he was a singer, he sang at the event. Um, and he says, I don't think you know what it's like out there. He said, 
you know, I'm looking. He's about 35, tall, good-looking guy. He says, I'm looking for someone to settle down with. He says, but when I go out on dates, a lot of these women have been jabbed with by the last three or four or five men that they're all flighty and they want to break up with you. He says, you know, he says, it's, it's really hard finding somebody, Doc. And this was a guy who wanted to settle down. But the, the women were like, remember the last one? And I think that's where it comes down to. We have a memory that is all about keeping us out of pain. And that's good. Uh, but we also have these old templates from, uh, from childhood. The way I talk, you talked about a keyword earlier. Uh, if you listen long enough, you can hear what the keyword is. Uh, just the other day, I was talking to somebody and they said, I don't know why everything goes wrong. I have to create wrongness. And she talked about her old, her family, I mean, her marriage, because it was wrong from the beginning and it was wrong all over the place. All he ever did is did me wrong. Now, this word wrong is all over. And then, but when you ask about, you know, she had an alcoholic father and she says, you know, nothing was ever right in childhood. All I ever did was wrong. Because it was wrong. The template she learned from life was love has to be wrong. This is what I talk about in my book. She got no right to really love and be loved. It had to be wrong. Particularly no right to create her own experience in an alcoholic family. All she got right was to create wrong experience. And there was a part of her, your brain, the reptile brain, that if it breathes through an experience, it says it's good. It can't. It's just looking for survival. And the only criteria it has, did I breathe through it? So if you breathe through love and be cherished and empowered and worthy, it says, oh, let's have that again. But if you breathe through wrong or abuse or not loved or not worthy, it says, oh, well, that's a breathable thing. Let's have that again. And the human gets kind of tired of a reptile brain that keeps trying to dial up breathing when what it really wants is love. And we have to get that part of our brain. Uh, we have to reassociate safety because that's that little bug in the program is what's creating the Groundhog Day, the cookie cutter that keeps showing up in a painful way. So keywords often tell you what the, what the cookie cutter was. If you just listen carefully. Thank you. So the keywords, you know, help us to understand if people have a template. That's what I think I heard from you. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yes, I talk about these rights. We get like early from zero to three, but later experience can affect it. We get, uh, we get permission slips or rights. Uh, we get a right to exist or a right to have your needs met, a right to separate and belong. And that means I get to be a me. I get to separate, be a me. But in a we, uh, someone's looking over our back. We get to be supported. We get a right to create our own experience versus somebody else having to please somebody else, a right to assert and have what we really want in life, and a right to love and be loved, not love or loved, and love, you know, in a split way. And if those six templates are given to us, we usually, you know, pick a pretty good partner. But our brain always has the experience that we have been given the rights to have. So if you were not given a right to have your needs met as a child, You'll become a people pleaser and you'll find a taker and wonder why every man or woman shows up who's a taker. And it's because your brain always picks what it has to rise for. Or 
if you don't have a right to create your own experience. You'll just lose yourself in a relationship and you won't know why. Or you'll find someone who dominates you and you and won't know why. Uh, <coughs> it's because some part is doing exactly what it was given a permission slip for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's upgrading those, giving us back a full set of rights that creates the safe love uh, that's also passionate. <laughs> safe is the bottom. It's just the foundation for passion. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely is one of the things working with energy. Uh, one of my keywords, I was like my core value is sacredness. And if I don't feel my space while we're creating or co-creating is safe and sacred, those they come together. Safety and sacredness come together. Um, you know, nothing get created. You know, no work, no business, no relationship, no intimacy, no sex, nothing. Because it had to feel that. It, I definitely believe it's a great um, it building a relationship from, you know, on the rock. On the rock, not on the sand. So <laughs> we know that philosophy. Exactly. Once, once I was speaking, uh, I think it was in Austin. And uh, somebody took exception. They said, oh, how many of you want safe? You want, you know, nobody wants save. You, we want passion. And, you know, you know, how many do you want passion? And it was a panel discussion. And I just leaned over and I said to the mic, I said, you know, it's really interesting about this word safe. It sounds milk toast until you know what it's worth. I said, do you know that for a woman to have an orgasm, that her amygdala has to be totally, absolutely offline, it has to be totally dark in a functional MRI. <coughs> There's any fear. There's no orgasm. Mm -hmm. She has to feel totally safe. I said, so how many of you like safety now? <laughs> you know, that's, passion is always built on safety. Because yeah. we're not passionate about rattlesnakes. <coughs> mm -hmm. we're, you know, and, and then the passion flows easily. You know, safety is simply the riverbank for passion to flow. Yes, definitely. Yes. If you don't have that, if you don't have that structure in there, um, there's no river. <laughs> because even the river has structure, you know, yes. it's like it's all a flood, right? It's like it's all over the place. There's no structure. There's no flow. There's no nature. It's just boom all over the place. So there's confusion. That's like, and when we create a relationship from a place of confusion, uh, it's not pretty at all. <laughs> what no. I love um, they use this term called permission slip. Can you explain a little bit more about permission slip? Because um, I would like to understand this from your perspective, uh, giving permission slip. Because remember, our audience is not just from America, but we have audience that comes from Europe, South America, Australia. So is in the U.S. permission slip, it can be, uh, can be understood, but from, for us who are not in the U.S. <laughs> or yes. have not been brought up here, explain us a little bit about permission slip and your topic and your conversation. There, you know, let me talk about a couple of them so you can understand that work. When they came in, they were they'd been through four or five therapists, and they were about ready to split. Um, she always wanted more closeness, and it's not like they hadn't worked on. They had done transformation work like Tony Robbins and everybody else. They had worked on themselves to the nth extent, more than any couple I'd ever I'd ever worked with. 
but they had no real partnership. And her first sentence was, I just want a we. I want to feel I'm a part of a we that I really belong and I'm seen. And his next, in his response was a we. He says, there's just a me, there's two me's, me and me. What is she talking about? And then she starts crying and says, oh my God, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Well, it turns out that when she was, she grew up in a family that had a lot of wealth and she got a lot of nannies. And the other thing was, is she really, with, a, with an alcoholic father, she never had permission to truly belong. She got what I call more right to separate than belong. So she always had to do things on her own. She was kind of a tomboy sometimes, you know. Now, so the template for her was, I can't really belong. I have no permission to truly belong and be seen and have someone have my back. He, on the other hand, grew up in a family where mom was extremely uh, invasive. Uh, same right, a right to separate and belong, but he had no right to separate. It was all belong. Uh, the joke in the family was at a party. You could tell where mom was because she would invade your space so much that people would be always be walking backwards talking to her. Uh, and she parked. She was always invading his space. So for him, uh, we felt like I'm being engulfed. I'm being invaded. So he got, so for him, safety was about getting some distance. So she had a right to separate but not to belong as she married her brain picked the perfect partner to give her all that right to separate, which, of course, the human part was fed up with, right? And for him, she's always trying to come in and really belong, and he had an intrusive mother, so he married a woman who would give him that same experience. They had permission slips for exactly the same, the, the, the painful experience with each other from childhood that they had. So they signed up. Well, their brains we're saying we want closeness, but one part was saying, oh no, closeness is being invaded, and the other one said, no, I really have to do it on my own. And they they found someone who would give them that experience. So when we adjusted those templates so that she could feel that she truly belonged, and she could feel cherished and protected, and he could feel, and the big lesson for him was, oh my God, I didn't know you could feel empowered and belong at the same time. Hmm. When that happened, then miracles happen. Now they're champions of the we and they're building a great marriage. But that's what permission slips look like. Neither of them had a real right to, to, to truly be seen and surrounded with a beautiful we. In their own ways, they chose each other for exactly the experience they were having because it was deemed safe at one time. Okay. So I love the aspect of permission slip. Um, the yeah. The, the tool, the definition of it, because I personally am one kind of person that invite everyone to give themselves permission to be, to love, to have, to belong, to all that, right? Nothing yes. can happen until uh, we give ourselves permission to it. We cannot, we will not succeed, we will not achieve, we will not meet the person that we desire in our life until we, just, we give ourselves permission to have it, to be with that person. And that's one of the things that I always find is that 
uh, people always, uh, especially even myself, like we're always looking to accomplish something in our life, but we don't give ourselves permission for that. We don't give ourselves permission to have the money that we want to have, to have the relationship, to have the sex that we desire to have. We just don't give it. Uh, yes. Give that to ourselves. So when you bring the aspect of permission slip, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting um, idea, concept, because now I make us think of like how many permission slip we have in our life. You know, I'm, and now I'm thinking within myself, like, which are my permission slip? You know, like, okay, I know about give me giving myself permission to do that. So my permission slip would be uh, from, you know, personal growth sort of thing. Um, I'm giving myself permission to to be in abundance, to have the money that I want to have because I want it. That's it. Not even want it because uh, that's it. It's done. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, that's my permission slip, right? Uh, that, for me, is easy to understand. Um, so when you're talking about the permission slip of, of the parent of the relationship because now you bring, um, now we're working with the aspect of the inner child. How can we explore and discover that permission slip that is toxic to us, that is not uh, constructive, that is actually destructive? Because that's a permission slip that you were mentioning about this couple. They have like destructive permission slip. They were not permission slip that they give them permission to uh, create in their life, but they have the yeah. subconscious permission slip to destroy their life. So how can we... How can we do this work? Okay. Well, it's what I talk about in the book is we have these. They're not. They're they're unconscious, really. Uh, we there's four feelings that we have to feel in our body and soul and deep down in our our brain. We have to feel welcomed with joy. We have to feel worthy and nourished. We have to feel cherished and protected, and we have to feel empowered with choice. These feelings are running the show. Like one woman who didn't have what I call a right to have her needs met. The feeling that you have is worthy. When you feel worthy, it's okay to, to ask for your needs. It's okay to take and receive. When you feel unworthy, if that's what's running in your body and brain, then it, you, you only reach out a little bit or you don't reach out at all or you'd only ask or you won't take. What? The, the beautiful thing she said is here, she goes, every time I think of asking for my needs, she goes, it's like my dog. She goes, we have an electronic dog uh, collar. And when she gets too close to a boundary, it fires off and then she stops. She goes, I swear it's like I have an electronic dog collar on my neck for asking for my needs. I get this uncomfortable feeling and then I stop. So the, the deep work is to is to do some really deep work that gives us, our brain, a new feeling where we begin to feel worthy. If you feel worthy, you naturally ask for your needs. So it's about swapping out any of these negative feelings that act like electronic dog collars, so to speak, and giving the positive ones like worthy or, or empowered. When you're empowered, you automatically can create your own experience or assert your truth. You know, when you feel cherished and protected, Cherished people naturally want a we. They create a we. They give and they receive. So when you have these four feelings, you neither give BS nor take BS. And it really is about having four core feelings running your life. 
So What's the feelings? Let's repeat the four core feelings. Is welcomed with joy. Welcome. That's like welcome with joy. Okay. Welcomed. It's like so glad to see you, Lucia. Oh, it's beautiful. Or you wake up in the morning uh, and your beloved says, "Good morning, gorgeous." That's welcome with joy. Or you come home at night, go, "Come here, baby." It looks like you've had a hard day. So right? welcome with joy. Welcome with joy. That's right, Pete. When you feel welcome with joy, you have it's it's you have permission to to be in your body. You have permission <coughs> to to be in a relationship where life can feel like a cozy, you know, cocoon, and then worthy and nourished. People that feel they're worthy have a, can automatically reach out for the needs. And when we feel unworthy, or the other word is not enough, you hear that. And people won't reach out, and so then they become the resentful giver. But all love is a balance of giving and taking. So we have to feel worthy and give worthy. Then it's cherished and protected. It means I get somebody really values me for being me. But implied in that is there's a we that looks over us. I mean, you're going to protect something you cherish. You have your grandmother's uh, wedding ring. You don't just put it anywhere. You put it someplace safe because it's cherished. And you're looking over it. So this is what couples naturally do that love. They look over one another. Mm -hmm. They get to be a me, but they get to have to do their me act with a safety net of love underneath them. Uh, and then there's empowered with choice. When you're empowered, it's okay to go out and create your own beautiful experience and come home and share it with your beloved. And it's okay to assert your truth and to have what you to have your dreams, separate dreams, but somebody's got your dreams. When you have, when a couple can give and take these four feelings with each other, uh, it's a pretty good relationship. And all I have to do working with a couple is just take an inventory of these four feelings and I can tell pretty much how the marital friendship is going. It's these four feelings. And everything else is just strategy about it. But yes. it's the feelings. Yes. I love that because many times um you know you mentioned Tony Robbins and I'm like a big fan and also I love um, the aspect of um, he talks about the six human needs right like and, and people that go there and couples that go there one of the things I don't resonate with the concept of the six human needs when it comes to couples is that they believe that uh, and that's sometimes where I can see the conflict in couples is I, I come from empower belief that you know all my six human need must be met here in this body mm -hmm. in my energy soul mind emotions all of it had to be met here first before I um, I invite somebody in my life yeah. and before we invite each other in that experience of of sharing our needs right and what I love that you bring in is you know this aspect of these feelings that are really important um, because they come from a place of self, come from a place of like empowerment. It's not. It's not coming from a place. I don't think it's coming from a place of. It had to exist outside of me for me to be able to feel this, which there yeah. is. You know, whether the conflict I have with the human the human need uh, when it comes to couples is that it, ha it gives an idea that it had to come from the outside, that your partner had to fulfill, fulfill that need 
for you to be able to be happy with yourself or something like that. And and love your four feelings. Is that you created that? <laughs> Is that that's <clears throat> that's the heart and soul of the book. I call it in your new GPS for love. We go we have these lists. We have you go online and we have long, long lists. Oh, tar dark, handsome, red Dostoevsky, does Pilates, whatever. But you're your, your attachment brain, the brain that does relationships. It's using these four feelings since the time you're one years old to navigate. By the time a baby's one years old, you can tell what type of relationship style they have. It's called an attachment style. You can tell whether they're anxious and they're afraid love's going to go away and they get all anxious and they grow up to be drama. When, when, you, when did you text me? Where are you going? Uh, or they become avoidant where they won't commit, they don't want to stay in really, or they're not very emotionally accessible, or they're secure. By the time you're one, your brain is already wired. And what tells that one-year-old that they're loved, what tells the baby they're loved at one? Can't be, uh, it can't be story, it can't be uh, limiting beliefs, because all that comes online at three. It can only be feelings. And the four feelings I talk about that tell your brain, that's your brain's internal compass, is welcomed with joy. Yeah. We're nourished, cherished, and protected, and power of a choice. It's so, imagine going on a date and just checking in with four feelings. Yes, it's nice to have the absent common interest, but uh, once I had a woman tell me, I don't know what's going on. You know, he's tall, and as soon as I saw he was an attorney, I thought, jackpot, but it feels off. Well, what is jackpot about just attorney? Well, she didn't feel welcomed and she didn't feel cherished. That's two out of the four. No wonder she didn't feel good. But the checklist said one thing, but her brain was longing for another. And what I'm doing is making it very simple, what your brain needs to fill out. Yes, there's skill sets to give all of these feelings. and mm -hmm. uh, I teach that. But essentially, love is managing, is a well-managed relationship with these four feelings. Uh, couples need to check in with each other. Gosh, <clears throat> did that interaction uh, allow my beloved to feel really worthy, or did 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 she feel empowered that way? I don't know that I did that good of a job. Or gosh, I'm not feeling very welcome with joy. I'm, once I was dating a woman, and I was creating uh, uh, the manual that would eventually become the book, and I got, I had eight days to do it, and I mean and. And I said, oh, she calls me up and says, oh, i got to get through this section, baby. She calls me up again. i got to get, she goes, I'm just working on this and blah, blah, blah. I'm working on this. She goes, fine. I go, uh-oh. And, and the funny thing was, is I was working on responding to this attention. And I look up to, to the heavens and I go, you've got a warped sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and I call her back and she goes, I didn't feel very welcome with joy, Dr. Salyer. <laughs> In that moment, and I said, no, I imagine not. And I said, talk to me. You know, I did a lousy job in that moment. And five minutes later, I said, I got a bath job. Because this has been a bad day for welcome with joy and nerdy for her. Yeah. Right? And that's what real love is. It's noticing the feelings you give each other. Uh, and making sure that you're giving all four. If you can give all four of those, you're doing pretty good. And and what I love that welcome with joy is the key word joy because the joy energy is so bubbly, so delicious energy. Like who doesn't 
you know, who doesn't want to receive that? Like, we all desire to experience that in our life. So, it, it's, it's truth. Like, when, um, when you come in, you know, customer service, when you go anywhere, imagine like the people was like grumpy. That's when you have the worst experience ever. Doesn't matter how beautiful the retreat center is or how beautiful the hotel is or how beautiful the vacation place is, but it, the receptionist, like, I'm from Ecuador, and Ecuador yes. is a very touristic place. And they actually, before I came, they had big campaigns about tourism. And one of the things that the the government requires <laughs> to people is that smile, <laughs> you know, because yes. you want to make sure that you smile to the visitors, right? So it was like kind of like quote unquote government mandate <laughs> you gotta smile and make sure people when they come in into the country they really feel welcome so that that's ingrained on my on my blood right that aspect of welcoming everyone uh nicely with such an energy and the aspect of of joy is is a beautiful delicious energy that has such a powerful influence for everyone and why I love this feeling that you're pointing out is I don't know if have you seen this video on YouTube or Facebook about this author uh, that was interviewed by Oprah that talks about that she per her brain got paralyzed in an aspect and the I don't remember which part of the brain was um, but it, the the part of the brain that was active. It was mm-hmm. the part of the brain that is very sensitive to energy, very sensitive, mm-hmm. very uh, perception to energy. And this person was able to feel people's energy when they were coming into the, the hospital room, you know. And yeah. one of the things that it was, you know, it was impressive in her testimonial, in her experience was that she was suffering when people were coming in with grumpy energy. Like she can feel it in her body shaking and her bones hurting and having mm-hmm. all these things in her body. And she can actually feel it. And it was very traumatizing to her. So she actually was trying to understand what was going on. And then she discovered that people that were coming with great energy and happy and, and joyful energy, she would feel good. So she realized that um, she had to set a boundary right there and said, if you have issues with yourself and your life, please don't get into this room. She invited people to really be conscious and aware about the energy that they were bringing into their room. And exactly. Welcoming with joy, you know, welcoming with gratitude, welcome, welcoming people with appreciation, welcoming uh, with Bliss is such a beautiful, uh, safe and sacred space to be a part of. So, it, love it. It is. It is. <clears throat> and we know from Alan Shores, an attachment researcher at UCLA, <clears throat> discovered that humans are pretty much the only set of mammals on the planet that needs joy for initial bonding. Other animals don't need it. We need a mother and dad who think we're the greatest thing since life's been, oh, little Lucia, there you are. We're so glad to see you. You know, we need parents like that. <clears throat> and now this is this is important for like dating. You know, we, when, when singles go on a date, they often go out with this buyer's mentality, you know. And 
if you walk into, say you're invited to a house, <clears throat> and if you walk into a house and you've been invited for dinner, you're going to walk in with appreciation. You go, oh, look at that beautiful color uh, wall. Isn't that beautiful? And I love the way you decorated the portico as we came in. And that beautiful chandelier. That's like welcoming with joy, appreciation. But if we walk in on a, a, a date with a buyer's mentality, if we walk into that same house with a realtor, it's like, oh my God, can you believe they painted the, the bedroom that color? And and my God, did you see that, that crap template over there? Now, when two people walk in with a buyer's mentality, nobody feels welcome with joy. Uh, we need to walk in more with Gosh, I get to meet somebody, whether it works out or not, and, I, and I'll learn something new. I get to meet another human being and find out something really wonderful about them. Maybe it benefits my life, you know. And if we could just do more appreciation on dates, how many people dread going on a first date because, oh, God, here comes the judgment. This so Welcome with Joy is the antidote for the dreaded first date. <laughs> You know, maybe it's not the only end of date. So it's huge. I call it the gateway for life. It's I do feel it. I I think like you write on to something really powerful to share with our audience and with everyone in the world once you book a launch. And I'm really really excited. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait to have it in, in like a hand. <laughs> uh, Hopefully, you also it? make it an audio audiobook. <laughs> You're the second person to say that today. I, I definitely am going to make it. Uh, it may not be quite out at first, but I'm, that's definitely in the in the works. I so. definitely invite you to do audio book for so many of us who like drive all the time and have kids to drive to school. <laughs> Sometimes we can just listen to it in a way <laughs> to think, and you know, I definitely I will appreciate that. Um, yes, uh, beautiful. So the, to wrap it up. Um, I really love it. I feel like uh, you have given us a great keys, um, yeah. a great tools today. I really appreciate you for that because definitely this will help us, to all of us, to release pain um, in our relationship or expectations or even for future relationship. Uh, if we can really... Uh, focus on mastering, you know, to tap into the emotions and the feelings and to tap into uh, these keys and mastering these four feelings. Uh, wherever we go, whatever kind of relationship yep. we create, it doesn't matter if it's just an intimate relationship, but it could be any kind of relationship. Um, how can I be today to create and uh, a space, an environment where I can welcome people, they can feel joy, right? That that would be like my primary question for myself, having a center. Um, you know, next to that, the other feeling is where do you nourish it? Like, how can I help create a space that the person, uh, my partner or my daughter feel worthy or nourished, right? I feel... I'm more of that accepting person than worthiness. I have a, I have a whole story with the word worthiness because sometimes it seems like we still have to prove ourselves. So yes. I, I, I'm more into that acceptance aspect of it because once you accept the person for who they are, you accept them. Mm -hmm. I, I don't yes. have to do nothing. I don't have to try to prove myself to you or anything like that. So 
anyway, this, their message is still really, really powerful because creating that plate of nourishment. And, and honestly, like, you know, as a mother, I feel that that's one of our primary um, needs that we have as humans. It's feeling that nourishment. Uh, I know that some animals in the animal kingdom, you know, they pop the baby and that's it. Yes. You don't. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Reptiles are good at that. Yes. You're gone, man. Gone. Oh, you're <laughs> but now we, we humans, <laughs> we're different species. And if we don't have that nourishment, we it's already proved scientifically that if kids and babies don't have touch, that human touch, that human connection, they can die. You exactly. know, so it's how important it's created. Is, is, is to, how important it is to create this space of welcoming and joy with joy and nourishment is so so important and then being shared and protected really really uh, powerful and, and I tell you something I feel like not many people know how to cherish themselves I feel like a lot of people have a hard time learning how to cherish themselves how to celebrate I can't pronounce the word too well, so I will say celebration. <laughs> I got it. Cherished. Um, you know, cherished. So, and and not many people know how to do that. So uh, sometimes I feel like people don't do that to other people. They cannot do that to themselves, you know. Uh, yes. That's the whole cherished part. And finally, the last feeling is the empower feeling. I totally am with you that if I don't feel empowered, you know, within myself to be able to express myself fully in my relationship, especially my intimate relationship, I cannot be with that partner at all. It's like, there's no way that um, if I feel like I have that color, <laughs> a dark color, yeah. where I feel like limited and constrict, you know, that contraction of being in your power, expressing yourself, expressing your voice, um, Yes, it's it's just really not a place to be. So really important for everyone who's watching today or listening uh, through a podcast to uh, really invite you to write down these four feelings. Welcome with joy, worthy and nourished, cherished and protected, and empowered, to feel empowered. Really write it down. And I invite you to... Uh, I would say, like, you know, check in your life right now where those feelings are and really pay attention to how it resonates within you and check where that those feelings doesn't exist in your life. So, exactly. So yeah. now back to you, uh, Dr. Gary. So if somebody's checking in, filtering, like, this... Mm -hmm feeling within themselves and checking every single area of their life to see if these feelings are there and if they yes. are not there. What can they do to what can they do when they don't have these feelings there? Well, there's some deep work. Now obviously if they go to the website they can pre order the book. Yes. <laughs> if they go to GarySalyer.com yeah, there's a pre order uh, link there. Now but other than that it it really is working with somebody who understands this and can give you a new reference to you. Now, you said, uh, you know, if someone doesn't empower me, I'm out the door. I'm not putting up with that. That's cause, you're, you know, you wouldn't be doing this work with Sia if you didn't feel empowered. Uh, all entrepreneurs feel empowered at some level. 
you already have that reference feeling. So your brain says, does that look like empire? No, I'm not taking this. So now, but if unworthy is not there, then you think, well, I'm not going to feel unworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can resist it or we, we stop asking and giving. So it's important to do the deep work. Uh, yeah. And it's hard to talk about the tools, but that's not it. But what I do in my work with, with clients is I go and find them the very first time they found it. And we work and we add resources and we help their brain to feel worthy rather than unworthy in the exact flavor of safety where they were seeking. So if you can swap out unwelcome for really feeling I am welcomed in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or worthy to ask, or and I'm cherishable, and I am empowered. You, you, rare those people rarely give the yes, and they rarely take the yes. I asked an 82 year old woman once, "What was the key to her 55 year old marriage?" And I, and I've taken it to the bank. She goes, "Oh, it's easy. Uh, I take no BS. I give no BS." <laughs> I love it. And. Taking no BS and give BS is I give only these four feelings as much as I can. Occasionally we all mess up. Uh, and I will receive them. Uh, like empowered with choice. The, and with couples, yes, it, you know, you have to assert your truth, but in a way that empowers them to give you what you need. Now, if, you, if you're empowered to speak in a way that doesn't empower them back, like through criticism, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So... But it's about giving and receiving. So an empowered request that invites an empowered response. Yeah. It's this. If this is your new GPS for love, just tracking these feelings. And, and even as a mother, I've had, if I deal with the early states and how it play, plays out later in couples, I've had multiple mothers who have already read the book uh, as my beta readers tell me, oh my God, I became a better mother. I understand my kids better. Because we all... I mean, we all have a five-year-old emotional brain in us who's asking for four feelings, and when we don't get it, we protest or we withdraw. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I'm saying yes to this book. I love it. I, I, I really do because, um, you know, I, I interview, I have interviewed hundreds of speakers, and and this is really so juicy and so yummy because coming from a background, you know, of being, uh, have experienced, you know, uh, you know, a, a not, a toxic environment at home when I was a child, um, yes. and, you know, emotional abuse in an aspect, um, not physical, I didn't get hit ever, but seeing that done to my mom and everything, you know, I didn't grow up with, uh, that safety, like really recognizing, but always craving for that, but not recognizing it. Um, but then ending up into a very toxic marriage myself where beside emotional abuse it had been a psychological abuse because I'm still in the process of trial for parenting plans and things like that it had been exhausting and draining because here you are in your core and your center and power knowing what the greatest for the child so the child doesn't you know create template <laughs> for for the future relationship and things like that. And I can tell you as somebody who has experienced domestic violence and abuse and even um, psychological abuse very intensely, 
it's so important for us to really to really have the GPS for everyone. Yes. This this should be taught to children and to every single person in their life. Uh, every single person in school, every single person in high schools, everyone who is looking to create relationships in their life. This mu it's a must. I feel yeah. like these four feelings of the GPS for love uh, is a must. So really desire to honor you for bringing those into a podcast uh, to share that with us today and with our community. You have no idea how precious this is, and um, maybe you do. <laughs> <laughs> but really, 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 really powerful. So anyone who is out there, again, uh, watch your website, Dr. Gary's, for everybody to check it out and get the book. It's GarySawyer.com, G-A-R-Y-S-A-L-Y-E-R, GarySawyer.com. Awesome. Yep. So they can pre-order the book now. Yep, yep. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank cool. you. So if you have any last word of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience before we wrap it up. Yeah. You know, the thing that stops more people from reaching out for love or even the support they need is when they don't feel worthy. Mm -hmm. When you don't feel worthy, you don't reach out. You just reach, you just stay back and tell. <clears throat> and you have an inalienable right to feel worthy. You are, just by being on the planet, you know, the amoeba does not ask, can I take in sunlight? You know, our lungs naturally expects there to be air. And just the same, you have a right to be loved. And you have a right to feel worthy and supported and nourished. So just know that in whatever way is appropriate, <clears throat> reach out for the help you need. And know that love is your birthright. Everybody deserves a lasting love. Mm. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Gary. Oh, thank you for having me, Lucia. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you for joining us on today's show. And if you have enjoyed it, please subscribe, share with your friends, and leave us an outstanding review. Until next time.